Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. In this episode, it's really just Laval and I. We're talking about his very epic adventure to Cuba that he has just completed. And more importantly, I kind of wanted to pick his brain about how he puts these amazing adventures together in the first place uh, and how he challenges himself by going to some really different parts of the world than what he's used to and where he's from and uh, how that's helped him really grow as an adventurer and as a person. It's pretty inspiring and very, very cool. We also have a quick shout out to two new supporters of the podcast, 4i Technologies and Doer Apparel, which we're very excited to be working with. So a big warm welcome to both Doer and 4i. Doer is spelled D-U-E-R. Really pumped to have those two on. Thank you everybody for tuning into the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to banging out a whole bunch of new episodes for you very soon. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can visit at statebicycle.com. And they are bringing an exclusive deal to Adventure Audio listeners right now. If you use code AUDIO23, so AUDIO23, you will get 23% off your order right now from State Bicycle Company. So State already represents unbelievable value for both bicycles, parts, and apparel. Really anything that you see on that website is incredibly well-priced. So to get an additional 23% off is a fantastic deal. So please visit them at statebicycle.com and use code AUDIO23. The podcast is also brought to you by Rewire Fitness. It's a mental fitness platform that helps athletes reach their full potential and avoid burnout by providing integrated tools that improve readiness, recovery, and resilience. We all know that mental toughness contributes to at least 50% of our athletic performance, yet how much time do we actually spend training our minds? So that's where Rewire comes in. The neuro buttons from Rewire are ideal for indoor cycling practices. With brain training layered into your workouts, you can improve your ability to cope with mental demands and build mental fitness. To learn more, visit rewirefitness.app for 45% off today. 45%. Visit rewirefitness.app. So thank you to State and to Rewire on to this episode of the podcast. So yeah, let's talk Cuba. Well, I remember you telling me early on, early days, I think you actually told Tyler and I that your dad had said, hey, if you want to see the world, just become a pilot. And yeah. I wish somebody had told me that when I was 15, because now it I look works. at you just you taking, yeah, I mean, what an amazing setup you've made for yourself. So really, really cool. Like you get to, Jesse and I were ta- doer, we're talking about this exact thing that you've built this thing. You are, it's like every four months you're going on like a, a total bucket list trip for people that w- they would plan for years and years. And you get to do this. You've integrated this into your life. And I'm, uh, why, I'm why wait, why wait? Yeah. I mean, life is short and you never know when something's going to derail it. And while you've got the fitness, while you've got the health, you might as well do these things. And that's sort of my, um, I think I live in fear a little bit. I'm in fear of, uh, not being able to do this stuff. So I might as well get out there and, and do it. Plus, you know, fortunately I've got, the perfect spouse, Janet, just, she's like, whatever. Like, like, like the night I told her I was going to, I was planning on climbing Everest back. And this would be uh, December of 2009 when I told her that I was going to leave that spring. Uh, she said, um, take you long enough. You're not getting any younger. So, so yeah, I mean, she's obviously amazingly supportive and is used to you saying the next thing's Cuba. Here's the dates. And I'm going to be gone in Cuba. And she's, um, you know, she probably has a really good network around her when she's, when you're out oh, adventuring. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even think she knows I'm, where I'm, I am half the time. Honestly, I'm like I, <laughs> I remember once I, I went to um, Iran and I climbed and skied the highest mountain in, the, in Iran solo. It's called Damavand. And when I came back, I came back either through London or Frankfurt and I called her and I said, I made it. And she's like, oh, great. And I, I could sense that she didn't know where I was. And I said, wait a minute. Do you know where I was? And she goes, yeah. I go, really? What continent? She had no idea where I was. So if I would have gone missing in the mountains of Iran, nobody would ever know what happened to me. So yeah, it's unlike him to not be here, but I don't know where he is. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it, sh it should be it should be noted that you obviously have a great support system around. You oh yeah, I mean she's a key key part of the team and uh, and the kids too. So yeah, very fortunate to touch wood for sure. So why Cuba? You know, I, I had I, a buddy. I know you've uh, been a lot of other places, right? Already, yeah, but, but, yeah. but why? Yeah, why Cuba? Because it's I a kind fascinating of like, part of the world. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's got a really fascinating history. I don't know if you remember in. Um, uh, October, I just flew off to Romania and I did some trail running in the high Carpathian mountains of uh, Romania, ran up Romania's highest peak um, and I broke my ribs doing it. But um, I do remember that. Romania has, has a fascinating history, a fascinating story, and it's in a pretty fascinating part of the world right now for a bunch of different reasons. But um, the same reason I went to Somalia just uh, prior to or just as the uh, the pandemic hit. So I, I left Somalia on March 6, 2020, and the world shut down on the 11th. But uh, just to go to these places and, and and show people that there is much more than what we hear about in the news and what we read about um, on social media or what sort of what the zeitgeist is about these locations, that they're dangerous and you shouldn't be there. And that, I mean, many Canadians obviously go to Cuba but they go to resorts, they go to Veradero, they go to Manzanillo, they, they go to these places where you're basically walled off from the Cubans. You have Cuban workers there, but you're hanging out with a bunch of Canadians, Germans, Dutch, French, and um, you're not really in Cuba. So I wanted to put together a trip that involved human power. So riding the, the entire length of Cuba, climbing the highest mountain in Cuba and staying with Cubans because Cuba is going through a pretty much a, a complete socioeconomic collapse right now for a bunch of different reasons. But just to give you a, a sort of an idea for people that don't know much about Cuba, they've got about 11 million people in it. It's dropping quickly because people are leaving because of the economic situation there. For example, in 2021, about uh, 35 to 39,000 Cubans left. In 2022, 225,000 Cubans left. I mean, we're talking um, a pretty strong or pretty large chunk of their population leaving because the economy is just it's in a horrible situation you you, you have difficulty finding food there which sounds bizarre but uh it, it's one of the more challenging places that i've uh, certainly traveled in the sense that you can't just pull over into a town and go to a market and grab food because number one there's often no market um, number two, the markets that are run by the government are so grossly overpriced that um, I don't know how anybody, including a European or a Canadian, can afford the food there. And it's so limited. You could you could find maybe some canned sardines, maybe some canned goods from Eastern Europe, um, Venezuela, for example, some of the canned products from there. But it's really a limited place. And the, and the currency situation there is unusual, so to say the least. If you get off the airport, uh, out of the airplane in an airport in Cuba, say Havana or Holguin, 
or Veradero, you see that you've got the money exchange place, the Cambio, and you go there and you see the one Canadian dollar will get you 17 Cuban pesos. But if I walk outside the terminal and do it on the black market, one Canadian dollar gets me 125 pesos. So it is just, it is a, the whole economy now is a black market economy for everything. Cubans right. can't afford um, what they were able to afford just a couple of years ago. So you go into cities and you ask for a, uh, let's, uh, let's say, cafe con leche, so coffee with milk. Well, there's no milk in the city. In a city, there's no milk because of a shortage. They didn't get, there's no milk. Uh, you can't find chicken in a place like Cuba, even though they're running all over the roads. You can't find pork, even though there, there are pigs everywhere. It's just a really unusual situation. No medications. Hospitals are running out of supplies. It's pretty desperate. So it was, um, it was uh, you know, interesting, to say the least, to, to sort of be fully immersed, staying with Cubans staying in uh, private Cuban homes in something called, a, uh, it's a system of private homes across the country called Casa Particulares, meaning private home. And so you pay next to nothing, but you stay with a family, you eat with the family, and you see how Cubans live. You, you, you're there when the power goes off because of blackouts. Um, you see what they have for food in the house. And um, it's just a, it was an amazing immersion, both into the countryside, the landscape, the geography, the weather of Cuba, but also the 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 social situation, the economy of Cuba. So pretty, pretty unusual, pretty special trip. What was your first trip <clears throat> into what you call, you know, not the first world? Like how how old were you when you started to explore parts of the world like that? And what attracted you to continue to go back? And then, well, I have more questions, but do you experience culture shock? When you come in and out of places like that, because Somalia, Cuba, um, a lot of the places where you've gone climbing, obviously, are completely different from the environment mm -hmm. that you grew up in and live in most of your life, right? Yeah, you get accustomed to it. So, yeah, at the beginning, I mean, the first place that I went, which was, I would consider um, a developing world, would be Honduras. So, I was about 21 or 22. I just became an airline pilot. I, had, I discovered I had these passes, and a buddy and I flew down to um, these islands in uh, Honduras. And it's an interesting uh, part of the world. It's Honduras, but these islands are called the Bay Islands. And they were settled by, rumors have it, they were settled by English pirates. So English is predominant on these islands in Honduras, um, as well as Spanish, but very remote. Uh, when I was there, it was the height of the uh, sort of... Uh, CIA involvement in Central America. So there were CIA agents and black helicopters flying around and it was really dodgy. I mean, we were in the most dangerous city in the, I, I think it is still in uh, all of Central America, maybe in the Western hemisphere. It's called San Pedro Sula, walking around at night. I, I spoke almost no Spanish at that time. And it was, uh, it was definitely an eye opener. It was uh, baptism by fire, so to speak. And, um, but it got me hooked on Latin America, got me hooked on on off the beaten path uh, destinations. And then after that, I went to um, Bolivia shortly after that to climb the highest mountain in Bolivia. And um, that was a real eye opener. But yeah, I just, these places, anything that challenges me, I really tend to enjoy. I don't like to go on, on, on a vacation where everything's planned. It rarely ever happens. I don't actually, I can't even think of a time when everything is perfectly planned. I kind of just make it up as I go. And um I think it's the best way to travel. You're, you're more vulnerable that way. You're more open to people that way. And I think people sense that vulnerability and you, uh, 
it opens doors for sure. Yeah, you're you're definitely not just after the physical challenge of it. You want to challenge yourself, um, like culturally, and in every in like intellectually, right? Yeah, but but think about the physical challenge part. What I've noticed is that I get in a cab just about anywhere in the world, and and most of the time, the cabbie I can talk to and realize I've been to wherever the uh, he or or or, or hers from and he or she is from and possibly even climbed the highest mountain in their country. When people know that you've done something like that, like been to a remote area of their country, you understand what's going on. I, I think it, it demonstrates a, um, a real level of respect for, for, for the international community and the fact that, um, that people want to hear people talking about where they're from. They want to know that people have been to where they're from and that they understand where they're from and they maybe speak a few words of the language. And yeah, that's what traveling has done for me. It's just, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm all right. Like the, the final couple of days of this ride, I was already thinking, where am I going next? So tell, okay. Now tell me a little bit more about the ride itself. You did uh huge numbers and totally self-supported and uh, yeah. should give a, Give a shout out to uh, the the Richie. Is it a cross? The Richie Breakaway, unbelievable yeah, bike. What a cool design! Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I spotted legend. this. Yeah, I spotted this bike um, uh, twenty nineteen. I reached out to Richie and um, Bicycles, and I said, "Hey, can I get a pro deal?" I told them, you know, what I did, and they sure enough they gave me a pro deal on this bike. So for for the listeners, it's a if I had it propped up against the wall right now, it looks like a regular gravel bike. You can't, can't tell at all, but there's these, it's got this fascinating system where the, the frame breaks into two pieces and it packs into a normal suitcase. So I can check it in as a normal suitcase. I don't get any bike fees. It's not oversized. As long as it's under 23 kilograms, I don't pay any extra baggage fees. And uh, it is an amazing bike. I mean, that's the bike I rode uh, over 2,000 kilometers across the whole country of Oman in November. That's the one I took to Somalia before I got caught by the military. Um, and it's the one that I rode across um, Cuba with. And for the bike nerds uh, out there, I, um, I, I changed the wheels in it. It's a 700 size wheel. So for, for maybe non-cyclists, or typical road bike uh, sized wheel set. But I went to what's called a 650B uh, wheel just for this trip. 650B allows me to put fatter tires on it for the very, very, very rough uh, Cuban roads. And it also allows me to put a fatter tire on, but also to slightly decrease the, the diameter of the tire so it fits even better into, the, uh, into this uh, suitcase that comes with the Ritchie bike. I didn't and think that. Yeah, so I put uh, ICAN, which is a uh, Chinese um, uh, carbon wheel manufacturer and bicycle manufacturer, reached out to them, and they build an incredible bike, and, and, and sorry, incredible wheel set, and uh, these things are just flawless, and it was, like, I trashed that bike on this trip. <clears throat> it looks so, like um, it, like, if people aren't following you on Instagram, they need to, first of all, for a bunch of reasons, the break, you showing how you break this whole setup down and get it packed. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one took 49 minutes or two beer. That's how I measured the time on that one. I've got a buddy named Robert Majama and he has, he has this bike. He has it in the metal version, the road bike version. I asked him, I said, how long does it take you to assemble it? He goes about two beer. So uh, yeah, it takes, uh, that one took 49 That's minutes. Great. So, you know, in a rush, I can get it done in probably 40 minutes and packed up and ready to put on a flight. So it's pretty amazing that way. Um, yeah. So, so distance wise, I mean, it, it, 
the the distances dropped off um, at one point. I was doing, I think the biggest day I did was about 225K and the shortest day was about 60K, 65K. Um, so it was anywhere between sort of an average of roughly 100K a day for uh, 16 days. Plus we, um, we also hiked and uh, climbed up to the top of the highest mountain in Cuba, a place called Pico Turquino. So, uh, so it was cool. It was, uh, it was uh, a perfect trip for bikepacking, other than the fact that uh, you can't find food. But, you know, we, all, we obviously managed to find food. Um, but the terrain was, was pretty, pretty interesting, pretty varied, which you wouldn't think so. But on, a, on an island that's really only about, I think it's only about 1,400K long or 1,300K long. And uh, yeah, you get everything from 6,000 foot high peaks to jungly type areas to very dry areas that look like you're in um, the southwestern U.S., which I was really surprised at. And uh, and then even a mountain range that we rode up a couple of days from the end where we were up in pine trees and conifers and uh, red, uh, dusty soil. Very strange. So not what Amazing. you expect in Cuba. Yeah, very yeah. remote too. And that when you were along that coastline, like yeah. it looked rugged, but stunning. Yeah, rugged and sh- shockingly uh, rugged. I thought there would be a paved road that went around that southern coastline, like a completely paved road that went from Manzanillo around to the south and then to the second biggest city in um, Cuba, Santiago de Cuba. But it was uh, it went from uh, horrific pavement to good pavement to a double track. Uh, I mean, like literally a double track, a four by four trail. It was just yeah, just were- amazing mountain biking essentially right yeah yeah so so the bike um the bike worked out good i put uh, I, I did aero bars because i had to put in about i don't know about 1100k to get to uh whole in in a you know fairly condensed time because my buddy from toronto was flying down to meet me after I, I was there for a week so i left on the uh i started riding on the first and he arrived on the eighth dave corner from uh just north of toronto so it was nice to have somebody to ride with for sure awesome so what is next Oh, well, this one's a little top secret. I can tell you offline eventually, but okay. uh, it could involve me asking for a leave from work and it could be a little complex. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's too many things. There's too many things I want to do. And you and I have to do a trip. We've got to um, we've got to do some big project that we have to uh, film and record. And uh, we've got a couple of ideas. We're talking about a uh, uh, a Rome, ten thousand meter Everesting Rome. Yeah, um, I think, looks like I we've. Ins- think, I think I've got a. I think I've got a route too. I think so. How many? How many kilometers? Five oh. between five hundred and five fifty. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right in the wheelhouse. Yep, and it's. Um, I won't. I won't. It's top secret, so I won't. We're okay. going to reveal it when we're ready. But I will say that it is. Um, it's it's within a short flight of here. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm scared of flying, so I hope uh, you can get me through that. <laughs> I'll hold your hand. You're going to be okay. So uh, should we talk about our new partners for the podcast? Should we? Yeah, we should. We should uh, welcome, yeah. this is informally welcome uh, Doer Apparel to uh, our roster of supporters, which is really, really cool. I was introduced to the brand just very recently by you. And mm-hmm. uh, you've become evangelical about this yes. brand. Isn't but that weird? man, have they got it? Because it's unlike you. Um, yeah. Like, you know, to speak with that level of passion about men's apparel. But 
it's not, actually not just men's that they also have ladies apparel, but it's a really, really cool story. Um, they're local, they're Canadian, they're uh, building their business around sustainability and some environmental uh, awareness, which I think is super important for any company today. So that's really, really cool. And then 4i, which I've teased out on social media, who are, I mean, they're a technology leader in the bicycling space, right? That's, mm -hmm. There's no other way to put that. And they are located just west of our hometown of Calgary, Alberta in um, Cochrane. So about 40K from my front door. So that's it to have to work with a company like 4i who have, uh, they have power meters on the world tour and support a whole bunch of, uh, some of the be very best riders on planet earth. So that is a really, really cool brand to be working with. They've, they've had their power meters on some big names, people like um, Peter Sagan. I think they're with uh, Sudal right now on their, on their team. I'd have to uh, check that out, but it's um, four I, 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 I. So four lowercase eyes.com. Some people say it's 4i. Some people say it's 4i. I haven't even heard the correct, um, I guess, pronunciation of it. But they, Lado Sudal uh, has their products, which is a big French um, cycling team, pro tour team. EF Education, the women's team has it on there. And then it goes on and on and on, uh, the teams that are using their products. So they make uh, power meters. And for the sort of the non-cycling people out there, it measures how much power you're putting through the pedals. And they've got a very unique system for doing that. They make heart rate monitors. They make um, smart trainers or turbo trainers, as the Brits would call it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a, com a company located just west of uh, uh, Calgary, only about, uh, what is it, about a 35K bike ride from downtown, would you say? Yeah, right about that. Maybe down maybe Highway 40. 1A with a big hill to climb out of. Once you go visit them, you have to climb up a big hill and test out your uh, power meter for sure. And then Dewar, like you mentioned, isn't a... So Dewar was brought up to me by uh, a buddy of mine. And uh, for him to talk about clothes and how good his jeans were was a little strange as well. He kept telling me, but you got to check this place out. And it was on the way to my gym. So one day I, I rode my bike there locked my bike up in front and walked in and uh i mean i'm hooked so the doer d-u-e-r playing the word doer so people who do things it was founded by uh the president of the company uh founded it because uh he wanted to get in shape and he decided to start riding his bike to work but he wanted to ride his bike to work about an hour-long commute in clothing that he could also wear at work so from the bike to the boardroom and uh, he developed uh, performance um, denim. He'd worked for Levi Strauss for years. And uh, he got into uh, making his own brand of clothes, I think just for fun. And it took off. So it's um, 85 to 95% um, are natural fibers. They're looking for 100% uh, natural fibers. So plant-based fibers. They're all performance. They stretch. I'm wearing a pair right now. I wear them all the time. Uh, they make shirts, they make jeans, they make women's wear, they make jackets, t-shirts, you name it. And uh, we're very fortunate to uh, to have uh, Dewar as a, a partner on the podcast. So as that as this relationship matures, I'm sure we're going to have some uh, product giveaways, promo codes, that type of thing to get you guys. And we definitely are going to have that with um, 4i out of uh, the Power Meter Company out of, um, out of Cochrane, Alberta as well. So we're pretty pleased. It's uh, pretty exciting. And uh, I'm pretty excited to be back after my ride. I was missing doing the podcast. And um, I can tell, which is makes me super happy. That's awesome. Yeah. 
more guests to get on. And uh, I even did a, a couple of short impromptu interviews with Dave Corner, the guy I did the ride with. And uh, probably in the future, we'll get him on. We'll talk about um, his training for a, a ride like that, how he felt about it, and how he's uh, recovering. Um, I know that <laughs> since he's been back, he spent more than his normal amount of time on the toilet. So hopefully he's recovering. And uh, One of those hope, kinds uh, of trips. Yeah, but I dodged it. And I'm famous for not dodging the bug. So it uh, worked out well. Good, good. Yeah, so very important to give a shout out to those two companies. And as you said, we're going to do tons of fun stuff with them both because because we're able to get to them because we're local, but we're going to give, we're going to give away a bunch of stuff too, which is going to be really fun and cool. So stay tuned for more on that. And then um, that's it. So we're going to be getting back into guest interviews as soon as next week, if we can get some stuff scheduled and we'll have yeah. uh, some big chats out for you people soon. And thanks for uh, bearing with us while Laval's away uh, adventuring and writing some cool stories to tell. Yeah. And before we go, Pete, um, what are we getting back from, uh, from our audience? Are we getting, um, some feedback that we want to talk about? Are we, um, are people liking the new format? Have people adjusted to the new, uh, the new theme song and the new, like how's, how, how are things going? Yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Thank you people who have been writing in. We really, we're just shooting us a note. Uh, there's no doubt this has been one of my favorite things about doing this um, is, is just exactly that is like this kind of sense of community that I get from it. We've I've received notes from almost every corner of the globe over the last three years, um, just saying, I appreciated this episode or cool guest or whatever um, that's increased since you started and people uh, that's what I said at the top of this last episode, you haven't listened to it yet, but I, it, it's a little shout out to you. You like, I'm super privileged to be able to do this with you and was to do, to be able to do it with Tyler. Um, and people are digging it. They're digging the format. Um, and, uh, and that we're going in a little bit different direction, but spring is coming. So if you've been missing a little more cycling, heavy content, that's coming too, but people reaching out, they loved the interview with Eric Rose. I mean, we talk about somebody being Great. struck by lightning for an hour and 20 minutes. Like it's different, right? But it's awesome. Totally. It's awesome. And people really liked it. We're getting great feedback. Excellent. And if anybody has guest ideas, send them uh, to us. Um, Pete's always checking the mail and um, he'll share it with me. And we'll, uh, if you, I know that we've had some recommendations in the past week, Pete, I've seen the emails going back and forth. So we've got some interesting guests. I've got a couple of unusual ones lined up and if we can just uh, get them completely locked and loaded. We'll be uh, ready to go for some more interesting content. And we're going to try and really step up the visual content as well. I'm putting together an edit of uh, my Cuba trip. We'll be posting it on the Adventure Audio YouTube channel here when it's done and then sharing it via the, our uh, our socials. So Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So Thanks. Right buddy. on, man. Thanks for uh, hooking up with me here in Montreal while you're uh, in uh, Cal- How's the weather in Calgary? pretty nice uh but it's only gonna be like plus five today but it was uh 10 yesterday and it's coming around it's coming around yeah and don't think don't think i'm not seeing the kms you're putting in on zwift mister don't think i'm not going holy shit i gotta catch him what's going on here you are putting in some serious what's going on what are you training for i'm just gonna put it in private but riding (laughs) with you in uh in the spring That's what I'm doing. Yeah, like, oh, I've been I'm watching be you, and I'm like, wow, this guy's, thank God I'm going to Cuba to ride for 1,800K so I can try and catch up to him. So. Oh, man. Oh, you're putting pressure on me, man. If we're going to go <laughs> create video content, I can't be 200 yards behind you in all of our videos. So. 
Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks for uh, recording this. Uh, once again, I mean, you talked about it being a privilege. I mean, I am just fortunate that you invited me on that. I'm, I'm geez, Tyler, no offense. I'm happy you quit. But uh, yeah, thanks Speaking for- Speaking uh, of guests that we're going to have on soon, we're going to have yeah. texting with Ty yesterday and we're going to have him on soon. Hey, speaking of pro cycling, did you just watch the Volta Catalunya just now? No. The the hardest stage of the Volta just happened, and it's been it's a battle right now between Evanapol and Roglic. And I'm a Roglic guy, and he beat him on the stage. It was unbelievable. Oh. It just ended like 15 minutes before we started, so I was really hoping it would end before we started. But on like spring cycling, guys, the cycling season has started. Um, you'll see us out there, and we hope to see you guys out there on the. Uh, uh, on the trails and on the roads and we hope to get a ride with some of our audience members as well yeah we'll do that too we're going to do for locals we're going to set up an adventure audio ride here in the spring and hopefully meet some people right on well i gotta go for a run and uh we will uh we'll be in touch everybody thanks pete okay get to it okay that's a wrap man. thank you everybody for listening we really read do appreciate it. Uh, as we said in the episode, we'd love to hear from you as well. So it's adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. That's how you'll find us. We'll respond to every one of you. So if there's something that you've heard in an episode or something that you might like us to focus on a little bit more, please let us know. Love to hear about it. Uh, any questions or comments or concerns about the pod. Uh, thank you for helping us spread the word about the podcast. That's incredibly helpful. One of the best ways for a podcast to grow is simply by word of mouth. So if there's something that we're doing on the show that you like, Please let like-minded people know about it. We really appreciate that. Uh, as well as a simple social media share. That goes a really long way. As does subscribing. So there's a subscribe button on any podcast platform, wherever you're finding this show. It doesn't matter if it's Google or Spotify or Apple. That subscribe function is important. Please do so, as is leaving a positive rating or review. Thanks again. We have a whole bunch of really cool people scheduled, and we should be getting out a whole bunch of podcasts in a short amount of time very soon. So you can look forward to some binge mode content from Adventure Audio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon.